Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mount Olive podcast. We're uh, we're really excited about uh, doing this podcast and and uh, what we're trying to accomplish here. We just want to communicate with you guys about the ministries here at Mount Olive and, and the different things that are going on. Uh, we'll have different people sharing information about their ministries that they lead here. And uh, we'll also be trying to give you just some words of encouragement, instruction, and things like that. So we hope that uh, you'll take just a little time as you're driving down the road or or whatever you might be doing, exercising, that would be good. Uh, just take a, a moment or two to um, listen to these podcasts and hopefully be encouraged and informed by them. And uh, my name is Tito White. I'm the pastor here at Mount Olive, and I'm joined with our senior pastor, Tim Brewer. And uh, Tim, how are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Looking forward to it. Uh, you know, we're entering into this winter part of the year, so it's cold outside. And it's good to be in here warm, drink a little bit of coffee. And so looking forward to uh, jumping into some things here with this podcast. Uh, I think that will be encouraging and maybe a little bit enlightening, challenging. And uh, I was thinking about this, you know, thinking about the winter months. uh, Obviously, things outside change. Uh, And the other day, I was walking around our house and landscaping, noticing some things and saw these little weeds popping up. Uh, because probably didn't do the greatest job uh, putting the landscaping in. And so anyway, there's these little, and I saw I went and got some weed killer sprayed on there. I thought, well, that'll take care of it. And then I noticed a few days later, not a whole lot was happening. And they were still there and still green. And uh, so I did a little research. Obviously, just got on the phone, said, looked up, you know, uh, weed killer, wintertime, does it work kind of thing. And I hadn't really thought about it that much. But, you know, in, in the wintertime, uh, plants go more dormant. They're not doing a whole lot, and so when you when you spray that killer on there, it doesn't absorb it. They don't take it in and take it down to the root system, and so it doesn't really kill that well in the winter time because they're dormant, and so you have to wait till they become more active and growing, and then they'll absorb that, and then I'll be able to get rid of them. I, I'm not sure what it says about a person who kills grass in the winter. <laughs> But I mean, I but I'm tracking with your story. I I, I tracking with what you're saying. Though. I hate anyway, weeds in the landscaping. You know, it just, I thought, but my thought was they were still small, and if I can attack them when they're small, then it won't make that big a deal. And and when the spring gets here, but yeah, that that strategy is, isn't isn't effective. So anyway, <laughs> uh, but 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 then just the way my mind kind of works, I guess I was thinking about that, but I was thinking about growth and and you know in in scripture. Paul's always talking about, he said, you know, the one thing I labor for more than anything else is just laboring with everything I've got to help people grow in Christ's likeness. And and that should be the desire of all of us, that, that we don't have simply seasons of growth, but our growth is to be consistent uh, every day of our lives. Uh, <clears throat> God is doing things in our lives to, to help us to grow because we know that God's will we, we read about God's will. We say we want to know God's will and so on. But, but one aspect of God's will is that we are constantly being transformed into the image of Christ's likeness. Our attitudes, our actions, our thoughts, everything about us. It's like when Paul is writing to the Romans in Romans 8. Uh, many of us know that verse 28, it says, We know that, <clears throat> that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And that is a wonderful promise. But then it follows that up in verse 29. It says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined, to be conformed to the image of his son. So God's will for all of us is to be ever growing in that image of Jesus Christ. And so I got to thinking about, you know, how is it that God 
what is God's growth strategy for us? Because I think there are some timeless universal principles that we see lived out in Scripture and communicated in the way that God initiates growth in our spiritual lives. And so I just wanted to talk about that a little bit in this podcast, and and then we'll follow it up and and the coming podcast get a little bit more specific, but just an overall general introduction to God's growth strategy. Uh, Does that make sense? It does to me. One thing you said earlier, I I don't, I don't, you didn't probably even intend to say this, uh, but, but one of the things you said was uh, you saw that these weeds were small and they were young and you wanted to attack them before they grew. Uh, And I think that's possibly even a a strategy of Satan as well. Uh, Weak, immature Christians uh, become very... So I was Satan? I mean, you know, I'm just saying, (laughs) you know, you were acting out. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but but as as Christians, if if we are always immature and we're not growing, mm-hmm. I think we become even more susceptible uh, to the attacks of Satan as well, and and we see more havoc wreaked in the lives of Christians who aren't growing. So I think yeah. this will be great. You know, and, and also I was looking. You know, obviously when you read the Gospels, you're reading about Jesus' life and Jesus' ministry, and and that Luke two passage, that Luke two fifty two, that's talking about Jesus, and, and and not to get into all the theological realms of this, but there's that statement that made that says that Jesus grew. And wisdom, stature, and the favor with God and man, and and so there was a there was a progression even in the life of Christ that in, in his humanity and, and so on, and and so we follow that same example. That's part of our con- being conformed is yeah. to follow that example of, the, of Christ. The stature part, you know, I'm I'm, I'm lacking yeah. there. I, I don't know <laughs> that I can do a whole lot about that. Uh, but but when it comes to wisdom and and favor with God and man, all of us are responsible. Um, to position ourselves in a way that, that God will be able to conform us into more like Christ. And, and this isn't something that just naturally naturally rains down on us. Um, I think of the passage in 1 Corinthians when Paul's talking about spiritual development, and, and he uses this analogy of an athlete. In 1 Corinthians 9.24, he starts off and he says, do you, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. Uh, they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. And, and in nu- numerous places he uses, Paul often uses athletics, farming, and warfare. Yes. to describe our spiritual lives. And in all of those, there's this great discipline of being involved, exerting energy, uh, prioritizing, and, and by God's grace, uh, conforming to the image of Christ and, and living, living out this Christian life in a very disciplined way. And I think that word discipline is kind of a key here because each one of those areas... The life of a soldier is a life of discipline. The life of a farmer is a life of self-discipline. And even the life of an athlete is a, is a life of discipline. And so uh, I, I think that word will be key as we start understanding growth and, and how Christians grow. Yeah. And, you know, and, and then Paul also told, told the Philippians, talking about their salvation, we know that salvation comes by grace through faith, that it's, as he told the Ephesians, it's, it's nothing that we can boast about. It, it, it's a gift of grace. But when he's talking to the Philippians, he says, therefore, therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, so now uh, not only in my presence, but also more in my absence, then he, then he throws out this phrase, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. 
and, and so there again, there's that work out phrase. There's this uh, responsibility that we have to, with, with all of our energy and all the opportunities, uh, by God's grace, to, to work, work this salvation out. So <clears throat> just kind of an in- introduction on this today, thinking about the way that God works in our lives. A, a few things, and this isn't exhaustive at all, I don't think, um, but when I think about the way that God works in our lives, there, there are a few things that it seems like he, he always works around um, in, in this aspect of our growth in Christ-likeness. And it's God's Word. He uses His Word in our lives. God's people. He uses other people in our lives to challenge us, stimulate us, encourage us. And then God's acts of providence. And, and, and so it seems like when we look at our, our lives and we see the areas, the times when we can pinpoint growth, we, we see that happening, that nearly always, maybe not always, but I, I really can't think of times that hasn't revolved around this, but God's Word, the truth of God's Word, God's people, and God's providence, those acts that He brings about in our lives are, are always those times of, of growth. And, and so... When we think about his word and his people and his action, I think it's important that also we remember that uh, he integrates these things and they're interdependent of one another oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Like he'll be using his people and his word, those, those come together. His providence and our understanding of his providence, his character, uh, th- that the way he just meshes all this together is kind of like that in Romans 8, 28, when he talks about he works all things together, that he's an integrating God, that he uses really all aspects of our life to draw us closer to himself. I, that The verse in Philippians 2 also uh, kind of goes along with that because it says that we're to work out our salvation, but it's God who wills and works in us. And mm-hmm. so again, you see that, that that's sovereignty of God, that providence of God at work yeah. in our work. And in and, and our growth also... Um, these are basic foundational things, but we never get beyond the basics. Right. You know, I, I don't, in our spiritual development, we don't ever get to the point where uh, we don't need the Word of God, we don't need the people of God, uh, that, that, that we've reached this pinnacle, we've reached this level. Our entire lives are going to be, uh, it, it's kind of a battle of the basics that we continually battle with implementing the basics in our lives, and so so God continually integrates and, and and works in these ways. Our entire life, we we never get to the place where this isn't going to be fundamental, and and continuing in this way. So uh, so they're integrated, uh, they're consistent. The way that He's going to continue to work in our lives. I, I have been reading through a book that's been really encouraging and challenging to me. It's called The Man of God, His Calling and Godly Life by Albert Martin. And and I was just going to share a few thoughts that he's challenged and encouraged me with dealing with this strategy of how God works in our lives. And just what I'd already mentioned, he, he had proposed in this, the way God integrates uh, all aspects of our lives. He also makes this statement. He says, these means are ultimately useful only because of their divinely ordained function in enabling us to draw upon the fullness of life and grace 
that is in our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's talking about we get all of this because of who Christ is in us. And it is, again, God's will that Christ be fully developed in and through our lives, that we want to conform more and more to the image of Christ. And again, this this is an ongoing thing. Now, something else that he mentions that that, that I agree with and I, and I understand, I just, I don't like necessarily <laughs> thinking about it, but, but I have to keep in mind the goodness of God too. Okay, here, here's what Martin says in the way that the God uh, works in our sanctification. He, he talks about the context of our lives. He says, the ordinary context within which we cultivate this real, growing, expanding life with God. So he's talking about growing Christ-likeness, but, but he says this is the context. For God's people in general, and especially for God's servants in particular, the context is one of suffering, tribulation, affliction, temptation, and opposition. Now, doesn't that sound great? That, you know, certainly that's challenging, but, but one thing that stands out about what when you read that is how in contrast to so much of the gospel messages we're hearing uh, in mainstream churches today, uh, and, and we wonder why the, maybe Christians are struggling in growth, and, and when you're told that your growth comes when you are uh, healthy, wealthy, and wise. Uh, maybe we're maybe we're teaching wrongly in the church today. I, what do you think about well, that? Well, and I think it's it's natural. All of us, all of us have this because of our sin nature. I think have a desire to. Be, I, I want to be healthy. I want to be wealthy. I want to enjoy. I want to be yeah. happy. You know, and and so we put happiness as the ultimate goal. But we know that's with God. It's holiness. It's not happiness. And so I, I think, yeah, especially in our culture today, there's this uh, message that goes out that says, you know, God is good, God is loving, so if you're faithful and obedient to God, then He's going to bless you with all the things that will make you happy. And, and, you know, God promises joy and peace, but those things aren't dependent on happiness. Uh, yeah. They're a deep dependence on God's sovereignty and providence. Uh, and, and so I think we confuse sometimes peace contentment, joy for momentary happiness or worldly happiness. Um, so yeah, it's not a, it's not a pleasant thought to know that God often grows us through those, those situations. Uh, but I think if we look to the testimony of scripture in the new Testament, we'll see that to be true there. Yeah. Uh, and just anecdotally in our own lives, uh, when we look back at the times when we've grown and grown closest to God, I think we'll see that to be true as well. Yeah. And, and we know that ultimately what we're going for is to experience God in, in the fullest way possible. And that's where we really find ultimate joy is in that relationship with God. Well, what draws us deeper into the relationship with God is, is when we recognize our complete dependence upon God. And oftentimes, in order to recognize our complete dependence upon God, we have to be, be put in a position where we need Him desperately. And that is in this context of suffering, tribulation, affliction, and so on. Um, there, there's a pastor back in the it was in the 19th century. He was a contemporary of J.C. Ryle and Charles Spurgeon. His name's Octavius Winslow, and uh, Martin quotes him in his writing. And I just want to read a little bit of this. Uh, he says, "We've we verily believe that no Christian is thoroughly versed in the evidences of the truth of the Bible or is in the right position to understand his divine truths until he is afflicted." Ouch. Okay, yeah. and and then he quotes Luther. And he says, Luther remarks 
that he never understood the Psalms until God afflicted him. That it was in his affliction that the Psalms really came to light and, and caused him, as he would say, to fly to the Word of God in every sorrow. But it took it was it was like the sorrow was the blessing in that the sorrow drove him to the psalmist. Sure. And and that's ultimately what what God is wanting us to experience, this experiential relationship with God. Um, Winslow goes on, he says, what can we, what can we know of the promises, the sympathy, the edification of God's word? It's perfect adaptation to the crushed and sorrowful condition of our humanity, but for a trial. He's saying we need trials to put us in a position. He says, thus, more than one half of the Bible is a garden enclosed, a spring shut up, a fountain sealed, until the Lord lays sorrows upon our hearts and brings us into circumstances of adversity. Then this garden unveils its beauty. And this spring pours forth its refreshment, and this fountain overflows with its rich and varied supply. But he's saying what, what opens up the, the beauty of Scripture is when we flee to it in our state of desperation. And, and so it's like our desperation is a key to experiencing the fullness of God. Um, That's not a fun truth. Yeah. But... But certainly, uh, it, it you begin to see how dependence on God. You know, do we really can we really see God's providence apart from suffering and and God providing uh, in times of suffering, uh, God being sovereign over our situations? Um, man, I want to grow. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Uh, when Luke's writing in Acts, and one of the things he says here, and Paul's planting churches and doing the great things that Paul did, but in Acts 14, he's, he writes, he says, When they had preached the gospel in that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that, now listen to this, and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. That it's through those tribulations that we really experience the kingdom of God. And as you, like you mentioned earlier, you can survey Scripture, and you see this over and over again. When you look in Psalm 119, which is that psalm that's all about the, the Word of God and celebrates what the psalmist does in Psalm 119, is it's like he's celebrating the blessing of affliction. When he makes the uh-huh. comment in verse 71 where he says, it, it is good for me. Now, let get this. <laughs> it was good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. So the psalmist, again, is saying that, that affliction is the key that unlocks the experience of God. Hmm. Wow. <clears throat> and, and, and so it's, it's within this context, this atmosphere of trials and tribulations and and then in that atmosphere, then incorporating other disciplines in our spiritual lives that will allow us really to to be, grow more and become more like Christ. So, so 
I, I don't want to end this on feeling discouraging, like, oh, that stinks. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really want to think in that direction. But what I want us to do is be encouraged to believe that in every aspect of our lives, every aspect of the life of a Christian is part of God's growth strategy mm-hmm. in our lives. And, and hanging on to that promise, that truth, that because of our calling, because of who we are in Christ, God is going to be at work in our lives. And through His providence, He is consistently working to conform us more to the image of Christ. And uh, we'll pick up some more of those thoughts in the, in the coming uh, podcast. But just be, be thinking on uh, how God is at sure. work in our lives. Well, I think uh, I think that'll probably wrap it up for for this podcast. And for those of you who uh, those of you who have been joining us in the past for our previous podcast, you know probably what time it is now. Uh, when we wrap up, we generally uh, end with a trivia question. And uh, if you can answer the trivia question, you can just email that to us at mountolivepodcast at gmail dot com. And uh, Tim, you ready to you ready to give them the the tough questions? I am, I uh, am, and, and for our local listeners, we've got a uh, gift card to Amigo Loco. Uh, uh, you can go visit Sergio there and enjoy some great food. Or if you're not a local listener, then we'll see that you can get we'll get you a, uh, a Walmart gift card uh, as a prize for this. So so here we go, a trivia. And since we're entering into December, I thought Christmas. Uh, here's something about Christmas. What well-known Christmas carol became the first song ever broadcast from space? Mm. <laughs> from space. The what well-known Christmas carol became the first song ever broadcast from space? And I'll give you a hint. It was in 1965. I don't know how much of a hint that is. I was going to say. <laughs> well, you gave it away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> Okay, so run to your, or you're already on your phone or something like that. So, so yeah, Tina, tell us again how they can get in contact with us. So we really want you guys to interact with us. We want you to contact us. For the trivia question, um, if you want to just uh, email that answer to us at mountolivepodcast at gmail.com. That's mountolivepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can send that answer in to us. Whoever gets it into us first, we'll, uh, we'll get you the prize. But we also want you to be in contact with us as well. If you want to go to our Facebook page, uh, you can message us there. Uh, you can go to our website at uh, mountoliveguy.com, uh, and you can get in touch with us there. Also, uh, the church's email address, which is mountolivebc at windstream.net. Uh, you can contact us there. Um, you can call us here at the church. Um, also, we have uh, this podcast that we post up on our Facebook page. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, where you can uh, check out our podcast. So we're we're trying to communicate with you guys, and we'd love it if you would communicate back with us and uh, and uh, let us know what you're thinking and and uh, let us know you're listening. Uh, also, if if you listen to our podcast, try to share it with other folks in the church and friends, and hopefully uh, others can be encouraged uh, through this podcast. So, um, Tim, I think we're we're going to wrap it up. I've enjoyed it and. Uh, Hopefully we'll be back to expound on this a little bit in the next podcast uh, that'll be coming up in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to it. So until next time, be safe, be good, and uh, have fun. (laughs) 